in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to ridingdancedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 600. 600? Of the Ron and Don Show, and coming up from the Les Schwab Studios, uh, we're going to talk about Ron going on another bro pizza run. Also, Instant Homes. Is that the next big thing in real estate? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Multiple offers in Seattle. Ron, tell us about this deal. What happened? How'd it go down? And this is this is a very interesting journey. And uh, it ended up in a very spectacular way, right? Yeah, so we have a uh, we just had a listing and it's it's pending right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been paying that like to pay attention to real estate and, the, and one thing that happened in the pandemic we saw is people began to surf uh, Redfin or Zillow and sort of imagine a different place to live and so people are curious about the values of houses and so there's a sentiment right now as interest rates have more than doubled in the last you know what's it been 18 months almost two years interest rates have more than doubled which means if you bought a $500,000 home and let's say your payment depending on how much money you put down? Let's say you put down twenty percent. You're you'd be paying about twenty seven hundred dollars a month, and then there would be some insurance. Maybe you have uh, mortgage insurance on top of that, so maybe you'd be into the threes. When money was real, che- and that'd be now. When money was real cheap, that payment started at about seventeen hundred dollars. So that that it's that, real money. That's real money you got. So yeah. the perception I think in the market is or among a lot of people when they read stories especially if it's a market watch story or a USA today story that's nationwide is they'll go okay um real estate is hitting the bottom like it's down, it's trending down values are going down multiple offers are going down escalation stuff is going down and so we're in an environment now that is a buyer's market that's the i think the general perception is oh this is a time if you were a buyer you can sort of have your cake and eat it too right now this is a buyer's market because of all the messaging that i'm getting from mass media and my instagram feed and all this stuff and so in some markets, that's true. I think there are places in America like, like Las Vegas and Phoenix that were building like crazy. Uh, and now as interest rates have gone up, they have a lot of unfinished projects and a lot of things that are vacant or, or need some capital to get that, that property together. Cause there's lots of land there. So when, when you need to build another house, you just push out into the desert. They certainly, you see that urban sprawl big time in Phoenix. You also see that in Las Vegas, as you said. So in, in the Puget Sound area, specifically if you're in a Seattle neighborhood that is sought after for whatever reason, um, you, if, if your house is positioned correctly, and what I mean by that is that you've done the deferred maintenance, you have great staging, you took great pictures, you have good marketing, you, you've, you've paid attention and made what I call a tight listing. If you have a listing that is tight and positioned well, uh, and shows well online, there is still an appetite for those houses. 
because of just the market conditions. People still need housing here. We've heard about housing shortages all over. And so if you've done your work, the house can still escalate. Not every single one. Like we've had listings this year that, that have not escalated, but a lot of them have. Majority of our listings. Majority of our listings have escalated. Have escalated so we just had a situation like this that happened. And it was interesting because we had an FHA buyer that wanted to buy this house. Uh, we had someone that sort of came early uh, before our offer review date that tried to buy the house. And then we had other offers that came in that ended up actually taking down the house. So the interesting thing to me, I guess, for the podcast purposes is the way my brain works is I try to think about this as a puzzle. The prize is or the contest, we're trying to sell something. Someone else trying to buy something. We're trying to get the best deal that we can for our clients. They're trying to get the best deal they can for their clients. Those things are not in alignment. There's tension there. We want the most money with the most protections for our people. They want the least money that they have to spend with the most protections for their people. So there's this inherent tension between these two sides. And so I like to go, what is the strategy they're using? When a, when a buyer's agent is coming at us at running on real estate and we're the seller's agent, I was like, what is their strategy? What, what's the story they're trying to tell me that they're trying to sell me? And so many times the agent comes, I would say more than 60, 70% of the time, the agent comes and they don't know what their story is. Uh, they're coming at us and like the contract's not right. They made rookie mistakes. There are forms that are missing. They didn't follow the instructions. And I have they to. Didn't, they didn't call when they, they sent you the tell, offer. To they, do a phone call. They didn't try to make any kind of any and, type of relationship. So I'm sitting there and I have to kind of read between the lines and go, what's the spirit of this offer? Um, what are they trying to say? And can, if I want to work with this person, can I help them to say the thing that I think they're trying to say? And so in other words, I have to be that agent and our agent because the, and the ultimate goal is to bring these parties together yeah. to get, and, and let me say this. We, we don't, we, we don't get in fights with our clients. Sometimes, sometimes some people will fight us a little bit, but uh, all is fair and love in real estate wars. I, I will say this. That house wouldn't have multiple offers if we didn't do specific things. So we did a Ron and Don sit down uh, online and we talked about this house and we talked about what the family was looking for to get out of this house. Because again, remember how I told you about there's a lot of family members out there that contact us. They're boomers. Their parents are part of the silent generation, the, or even the greatest generation, but usually the silent. My mom is part of the silent, right? Uh, her parents would be part of the greatest. So, and I'm not quite a boomer. Uh, I think I'm like four years short of being a boomer. So, so anyway, here, here's a house where grandma is going into assisted living. And in order to pay for the assisted living, her kids now have to sell this house. And it's all the money that she has. And we get that and understand that. So we want to take every dime and dollar that we can. And we want to give that money, all that money back to the family so that they can pay for her assisted living. And when she passes, anything that's left over will belong to the family. And and so now we're dealing with the kids uh, of mom 
grandma to, to others. And, and, and we walk in the house and there's some things that are wrong with this house, but they're just cosmetic. Like the house hasn't been painted in a while. Uh, somebody has smoked in this house. Uh, the, the appliances didn't match and they didn't work. There was a leak in the bathroom and water had been coming through a window and you could just peel the wall away with your fingers. Uh, there was a deck that was rotting. The yard was let go. Uh, there was some very old lighting, some popcorn ceilings and the, and the story goes on and on. And in the, in, in the market where money was cheap, like, and, and they're giving out, you know, money at 2.8%. You didn't have to do anything to that house, but put a for sale sign out and sell it. Would you get optimal money for that house? No. But would you have bidding wars? Yes. And the reason you would have bidding wars is not only there would be people that, that, that just keep getting their butts kicked trying to buy a house. So they're willing to buy a fixer or what I call a hairy house. This is a house with hair all over it, as my partner Joe likes to say. So this is a hairy house. And you could, you could, and this house is also on oil, which, which, which no air conditioning, like some real issues here. In, in the market that we're in now, and you and you would have gotten multiple offers. Builders would have been there because maybe they want to tear the house down. Flippers certainly, you'd be bidding against flippers, no doubt. And maybe even somebody that wanted to buy it, make it multifamily into two or three doors, because uh, we had someone do that down the street with a similar house, and that's what they did. They made it multifamily, which I suggested they should, and and they're doing great with it. So. And in, in, in talking to the family, because they're kind of used to the way the market was two and a half years ago, they weren't excited about doing any of that work, and I don't blame them. So what we had to do is kind of go on this journey with them and explain. And I always say, hey, when, when I used to be in the car business in my 20s, and you were selling a used car, uh, and a lot of my cars were, were if, you, if you got a car, and I bought it down in Florida, even if it's a Highline car, like a BMW or Mercedes, if that car has four, five, six things wrong with it, people aren't going to buy it. They're just not. A car can have three things wrong with it, and I mean cosmetically. And you can explain a little something on a seat or a bumper, but anything really beyond that, I mean, if you got a cracked window you didn't take care of, or the old Honda's a CV joints, you didn't fix that, or there's the, there's a rock in the transmission on a man, or there's there's too much play in the clutch when people used to uh, use clutches. All that you have to fix that stuff in order to sell the car, get optimum. We're in that market now. You need to fix. You you can leave one thing, but you can't leave ten things, and you really can't leave four or five things if you want if if, if you want that money. Because there's a lot of flippers now that are standing on the sidelines. There are builders that are standing on the sidelines. But there are still people out there that are trying to buy a home, especially in Seattle. If it's under $1.5, $1.3 million, people are going to be interested in, the, in that house. But you have to do your work. So we looked at it and we said, you know what? Let, let's, let's repair and replace these appliances. Let's put some new flooring in. Let's paint every wall because uh, we have to take care of all the cigarette smoke that was in here. We're going to have to rip part of that bathroom out. We're going to have to replace part of that deck. So we're going to have to replace some of this lighting and modernize it, uh, it, which is what we did. 
So we did all these things, and then our seller was like, yeah, but we don't want to stage it. And then we had to convince them about and show them numbers about, here's homes in the neighborhood that were staged and were not staged. You're probably leaving 17% on the table if we don't stage it and take great pictures. Now, that house, when we sold that house, it was still on oil. It's still on oil. But you know what? We inspected the house. We said, it's still on oil. We're not going to remedy this. Here's a company that could remedy it. This is what it would cost to convert it. And we considered that in the price of the house. And so as a result of that, we've had the house inspected. We've had the sewer looked at. We spent probably, how much money do we spend on this house? Under 30000 maybe? Maybe a little more than that. So, so Around there. So around there. And, and then Ron builds this great listing with great pictures with a great story and the listing should tell a story and also the listing should point to the future not to what was happening in this house but it should point toward the future and what was really cool about this house is we priced it knowing that we thought it might escalate a little bit that's exactly what happened and i think this house ended up going what close to $60,000 over I almost think. yeah and yeah. so it's it's a very good result uh and it's something that it, it, it it's something that for me i need to always remind myself what is the goal here uh because i can i can get a little persnickety about the details of someone else's contract writing skills and that's not the point the point is is to get the best result for our client which i think we did and so now we need to bring that into close and and hopefully everyone walks away feeling great these folks that bought it are getting a great house yeah and a great location the folks that are selling it had a lot of family memories there and they're getting a really good amount of money to help the their their loved ones yeah. so it's a good result for everybody and in the long run the family was great the family said you know what what if we add some sweat equity? We could clean up the yard. We could help with the deck. Uh, we could help with some of the painting. And so we just said, take it to where you want it, and then we're going to step in and finish it. And that's exactly what we did. Sometimes other people, like the other day, someone just handed me the keys. Uh, they had started to try to repair this house. They've worked on this house for nine months, and the house is completely torn apart because they demoed it. And so no doors are on, none of the appliances are connected, half the floor is down, and they're like, I'm out of gas. And I'm like, that's okay, because I got a full tank, my crews have a full tank, we're going to step in, we're going to finish this, and this house that you thought you could only get 700 grand for, we're going to get a million bucks. And same with this house, When it went, and I'm not going to give the particular numbers that we're just talking about this house we sold in Seattle, it went for hundreds of thousands of dollars more than the family expected hundreds of thousand dollars from from the from our initial sit down with them and what they thought the house was worth close to to a quarter of a million dollars over their expectation that's amazing that's why we're here for you ron and don sit down.com and we will see you on the other side of this hey one of the things ron and i really like about Le schwab is they are always doing the right thing you've heard us say before hey they've been doing the right thing since 1952 
It's true. And the thing I love is they really get involved in the micro communities around here. Cause you know, Seattle, Tacoma, five, Fremont, what are we? We're just, it's a really cool area where you th- find 300 cities and towns that are just kind of connected with bridges, water and mountains. But let's not forget what's happening in Maple Valley for kids. This is pretty cool, Ron. Yeah. On July 22nd, the Valley girls and guys at Les Schwab will be having their fifth annual be the hope walk at summit park in maple valley it benefits the valley girls and guys foundation and is uh, dedicated to providing assistance to local families who are impacted by any type of cancer diagnosis how cool is that so you can participate and register that's a 1.8 mile walk it's 35 bucks you can go to valleygirlsandguys.org that's valleygirlsandguys.org all right les schwab they've been doing the right thing since 1952 All right, listen up, Everett, in Whidbey Island, and our friends over on Bainbridge, and of course down in the South Sound, and over to Wenatchee. What's right up, up, University Place? Yeah, and right on the east side, and of course all our freaky friends in Fremont. You know why I name all these places? Because Ron and Don have the biggest social media following and the biggest podcast of any realtor in the state of Washington, and probably in the Pacific Northwest, and probably in the country. As a result of that, Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, well, they're choosing Ron and Don to sell, buy, and invest in real estate. And why do you do that? It's because you trust us with a capital T, and we have a connection from all our years of doing Trustor Radio. But Ron, at the end of the day, we still have to step in, do a great job, be phenomenal, and win the deal, right? Yeah, it all starts with the Ron and Don sit-down. It's a 30 to 45-minute Zoom call, free of charge, no obligation. We'll meet you, see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can set it up on the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show and Instant Homes. Ron, what is an Instant Home? Is that like that horrible instant coffee my parents used to drink? Uh, My dad was a truck driver. I remember waking up and uh, on the weekends, they would really splurge and go with the Folgers. But during the week, uh, my dad was up at four in the morning. I thought you guys splurged with Maxwell House. uh, Nope. Folgers is good to the last drop. Or is that Maxwell well, House? The best part of waking up, Don, is yeah. Folgers. But, but, but no, mom and dad love the old Sanka, and they love to <laughs> and spool, spoonfuls of whatever Freeze that dried. dry cream is that you'd mix that together. So, so, so lots of Sanka. Uh, they going, probably, you guys probably had Tang as well. If yeah. it was instant, they had it. Yeah. So, so this concept of instant houses, this is interesting, an interesting trend that is happening uh, where people we we're, we've all we just talked about it before but your people are used to houses being staged now that means that you know, a professional designer comes in uh, of varying skill and price points and they make the house look um photographic telegenic like a HDTV like show like a, that's like what a television are, show. Uh, that's what they're that's and so they're there's at. a new trend happening now where you buy the house and everything in the house and so if there is a high-end espresso machine in the kitchen, when you look at it, that stays. And the the bed stays. The furnishings stay. Uh, and it's been professionally designed. And so it, you're paying for it. It's not free. Yep. But you are buying the house where you basically just, you as the purchaser, 
you show up and you just bring your clothes and a toothbrush and you move into that house. The plates are already there. The dining room table is already there. And this is not for entry-level houses. Typically, this is in the luxury market. But I, I really appreciate this. And, and, and it got me to thinking, and I wish more people would do this. If folks went out, even now, as you're sitting here right now, and I'm not talking to people that are living paycheck to paycheck, but if you have a little bit of money in the bank, you're relatively comfortable. Uh, you know, you're not like digging through the couch cushions so that you can buy food every month. Uh, and I've been there. But if you're, if you have a little bit of money in the bank, hire a professional designer to come into your house. The, the, the livability. Um, and the, the pleasure you get from your house when you've had a designer is worth way more than you spend. And you think, oh, I don't want to spend a couple thousand dollars to get a, a designer to consult. I'm telling you, it's worth it. When you come in um, and you have the right furniture, it's the right scale, it's the right shapes. Uh, so a professional looks at a room and says, "You, how about we do this with this room? Um, when you have it professionally done and you don't just go buy, go down a lazy boy and buy a couch and a chair and throw it in there willy nilly, uh, and say, hey, where are we going to watch TV? But you really have someone think about what are you going to use this space for? How can we make it better? Um, that's why this instant house home thing is, is good. Cause most people think they know how to design something and they really don't. They really are amateurs and they really get the wrong scale the wrong materials, the wrong pieces of furniture, the wrong design aesthetic, and they put a hodgepodge thing and just, well, this is what we got. I guess we got to squeeze it into this room. And you end up living in a space that does not function well. The reason why instant homes have such appeal right now is they work. You walk in and you feel like, oh, I know what this room is for. I know where to sit. I know what to do here. It feels cohesive. It feels harmonious. It feels peaceful. Uh, when, I, when I'm in this space, I can relax. It's not a mess all the time. I can move through the public spaces and the private spaces. Everything functions well together, and it makes your life easier and better when it's designed professionally. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I think we're seeing instant houses because people went out, uh, they bought homes, they wanted to figure out how can I hang on to this home? And then everybody thought the real estate market was going to crash. So the way I'm going to hang on to this home, I'm going to bring in a designer. My neighbor just did this up the street. He, he, he paid over and above for this house. And in fact, he bought it from my friend Brian. He bought it at the very top of the market. And then what happened is Brian had made a deal with the neighbor next door because they were going to tear down their house and build a mega mansion. And Brian made a deal with, with the builder next door and said, hey, I will cut down this tree. So you will have, because uh, you, you will have a view that you don't currently have. He told the builder, if you don't start building until I sell my house. So he and the builder made a deal. The builder's like, yeah, if you'll cut down that tree, uh, we will go ahead and we will not break ground and we will not signal that we're tearing this house down. After Brian sold the house up the street, it closed on a Friday. That builder had that house down on a Monday. It was down. And then if you go up there, he built two houses on that lot. As a result of that, Michael, who moved into that house, 
is now living between two big mega mansions on Queen Anne. And this is when you had a lot of Bellevue builders. Think about those Bellevue McMansions. They were building those on Queen Anne. You can't build them here anymore. Uh, They've done away with a lot of that. But you can build two homes. So this little cute house that Brian and his wife had, that, that and they made it a really cool house. This guy, is now he just went through a divorce. So his family's not there anymore. And he's like, what am I going to do? Well, what he did is he ended up buying that house with all the furnishings inside. And then to pay for the house, he leaves every two weeks and he travels and he Airbnbs the house while he's traveling. And then the other two weeks, he's living in his house, in this instant house. Because you, if, if you are going to live in a home and you're going to Airbnb that while you're living there and come and go, it still has to be very depersonalized, right? If you have your own clothes there, they have to be locked away. You can't have out pictures. People don't want to come into your house and hang out in your house and see your kids. Uh, they want to hang out with their kids and build their memories in, in, in this home. So, so I think that's why we're seeing more of this. And, and I, I take like, like my cottage in the backyard when and if I ever sell that, uh, if I sold it anytime, I think I would sell it with all the furniture in there. Cause I spent a lot of time designing it cause it's a smaller space. And I spent a lot of time designing that in the furniture that fits in there. It really doesn't fit anywhere else. Uh, so anyway, you guys, instant houses, the wave of the future. I love it. Uh, more on the other side. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.loans. Mitch, it's interesting, as the interest rates have risen, many people thought, oh, well, there'll be a bunch of inventory that comes on right at the first part of 2023, and then things will level out. That didn't happen. Inventory remains tight. Interest rates remain high. Why would that still be a good time to buy? Well, now's a great time to buy, and that's because rates are going to drop, and we're going to see a feeding frenzy. Right now, there's a huge stagnant hole in the market, and that's that 700k to 1.2-ish million dollar home. And all the people living in those homes right now either refied or bought in a two and a half to three and a half percent rate, and they're terrified to move. They know if they sell their home, they're going to have to jump into a six, six and a half percent rate, and it just won't look as attractive. So what's going to happen is rates are going to drop and all those people who've wanted to move, wanted to upsize, wanted to move for whatever reason, you know, people just like to move in life, but they don't move if there's this blocker. And we're going to see that blocker come off. We're going to see the cap come off and we're going to see a bit of a frenzy here. All right. So this will be the time to buy and then replace the rate uh, once it drops with your new program. Yeah, we've got the rate and replace program. You can buy now and you can refi free of charge, free of the lender fees. um, And we'll take care of those for you. So great deal. All right. Check him out online at Mitch.loans. It's not a dot com. It's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. A couple of years ago, I got to go on a really cool trip with Ron, his brother, uh, and some of our other friends. And we went overseas, always wanted to go to the beaches of Normandy. We went there, went some other places. We've shared that before. The thing that I really love, though, is the camaraderie that you had with your brother. And the camaraderie continues, because I think you guys found out on that trip that you like to travel together. And you figured out some things that you like to do. And as a result of that, it looks like you're getting ready 
to go on another bro pizza run, right? Yeah, um, this is actually, I'm, I'm going to visit my brother this weekend, but we are planning, one of the things that I'm going to do is we are planning a uh, Chicago-Detroit uh, pizza extravaganza oh. coming up. And you got to go to the Quonset Hut in Waukegan, Illinois. Well, I don't know. We'll see. It's we're, the best, we're renting it's, a car. It's the best sausage pizza you're ever going to have. They make the sausage. There. I don't, I'll look in the book. They I bought, make the sausage there. I bought a book on the Chicagoland pizza thing. So my, my, this is my brother's thing. He's been a lifelong pizza fanatic. Uh, makes his own dough, has all the books, like follows all the lists. And so for the past, I don't know, what's it been, five years now, we've been going through the best pizza cities in America, or at least the reported best cities in America for pizza. And so we have done New York, of course. Uh, We've done Seattle, of course, Portland, um, New Haven, Connecticut, and we've done a bunch of cities in Italy. We did Rome. We did Naples. Uh, went to the best pizzeria in the world at the time outside of Naples. And so uh, now, of course, Chicago, famous for pizza. And the Detroit-style pizza, also very famous. So that's coming up. Um, it's funny because when we're on one of these trips, he, my brother does not want to do anything else. Like we're in New York City. It's like, hey, you want to go to the Empire State Building? Nope. So you want to see a Broadway show? Nope. We just go, it's all pizza all the time. So uh, we bought the book. There's a book on Chicago pizza and we are, there are so many great spots in this uh, book that I don't know if we're going to have time to go to all the places we want to go. I just sent it to you. I just sent it to you. It's the best. If Waukegan's like an hour and a half drive from downtown to Chicago, we probably can't go, but we'll see. I'll look at it. I'll put it. I got to show you this book. There's lots of places Ron that make their own sausage. Fact, when, 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 when Gunner and I were, <laughs> were in New York, we kept sending you pictures of our pizza, and you were sending back uh, pictures of pizza and places we should go. And, and my son really looked at me, and, and he said, uh, and he called me dad at the time. He goes, Daddy, I think I figured something out. I said, what's that? He goes, I always wondered what Mr. Ron really likes. Mr. Ron really likes pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the pizza, though, that we ate in New York, I had never tasted pizza like that in my life. It's good pizza. Ever. I can't wait for Chicago. Is is it the sauce or the crust, or is it both? Uh, I think it's the style. The New York style is great, but the best pizza I had in New York was not New York style. It was Neapolitan style. Roberta's. When they start putting chicken and feta and spinach and all that, does that bother you? I don't, I don't, I don't think chicken belongs on a pizza. I don't, I don't like. I've I've had some chicken pizza I like, but, uh, Chicago pizza is going to be great because you have the thin crust, uh, bar style pizza that you probably are talking about with a lot of sausage on it. Then you have the, the deep dish, which is not as famous if you're from Chicago. Yeah, uh, you have sort of the casserole style, the Pequod style, uh, and everything in between. And then, of course, going to Detroit is the square pizza, more of the focaccia style. So it's going to be a good trip. So we're do, do you guys to eat? Is, uh, finish up with. Do you do you get tired of eating pizza? Like how much? Pizza? Oh yeah, you get Absolutely. tired of it. Of course. How much? How like how much? How many? How many places were you stopped to like in a, in, a, in a day? What's what's the most that you've uh, eaten? Well, we did sixteen pizzerias in <laughs> New York City in in like forty hours. Oh my gosh! It's not about enjoying the pizza. It's about it is about enjoying it, but it's about experiencing sure. the style and then 
going to the the best places. Are you? Are you? So sometimes you go in, you only have three or four bites. Okay. You're not eating a whole pizza, you, but you wanted to. This if a place is famous, that my brother like wants a, to. That seems like a waste of time. He wants to go to it because it's like, why is this place famous? Do you gain weight doing that, or do you walk so much that it's kind of easy? Oh, you'll steaming. gain some. You'll gain a couple pounds, but they, it usually sheds off in a couple of days because it's all like so much carbs. <laughs> But it's, it's, I think people understand if you're on a food tour, you're not really, it's about going to the most famous ones and seeing if you enjoy it. Like we, I did not like New Haven pizza. Uh, People swear by it and say it's the best pizza in America. It's not for me. Um, But now I know, and I'm glad I went. I'm looking at the prices of the Quonset hut in Waukegan, Illinois right now. And it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like, My brother will probably how, love it. Just how cheap it is. I will let him know that it's, uh, see if he wants to put you it on You can the get list. a full-size toasted hard salami sub for $8.75. You can get the bomber and Italian beef combo, which is incredible for just 12 bucks. They have the meatball sandwich. I'm, 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 t- you're going to get in a car and you go there right now. You can get the biggest pizza they have there for 25 bucks. If you buy that same pizza at a Zeke's, that's, that's, that's like a $47 pizza now. It's so, it's so expensive here. So I, I grew up eating this pizza and any They talk about this in the book. The, I grew up your eating pizza nostalgia. Is that it? Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a great pizza. It it's means a great, it, it's your great pizza. I, did, I just read 1300 reviews and, and it's, but a great those are all pizza. people that's their childhood pizza. It's a great pizza. All right. Yeah. So that's the end. What are you saying? My, you, you, you don't approve of my childhood. I'm saying that most likely I would go to that pizza Stay in out the of house and go, eh, it's okay. <laughs> but for you, it would be the best. That's New Haven. You know People what? People love New Haven. They I'm grew up in New Haven. I'm going to bypass you. I'm going to call your brother Rob, and he and I are going to go on a trip to Waukegan, Illinois. Do it. You'd love gonna, it. And we're going to sit at he the He'd probably Quonset, love it. We're going to sit at the Quonset Hut. Uh, orders, order. Uh, he can order some cheap beer, and I'm going to get the Italian grinder. He'd probably love it. All right. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, we're here as your broadcasters, your friends, but we're also here as your real estate agents. And thanks for allowing us to meet a lot of your family members that are now part of the Ron and Don Nation and all the referrals. We have met so many cool people over the past couple of years. Yeah, email me, Ron, at ronanddon.com, or you can go to the website, ronanddon.com, check us out, and give us a call. Let's let's partner up and make a a real estate dream come true. Yeah, coming up Friday, we're going to talk about the art of the deal, not the book by Donald Trump, even though I'll be honest, and I know that's ghostwritten, it's a pretty good book as, as far as... Uh, as far as deals go and closing on deals, I read that uh, a couple decades ago and it is a pretty good book. So uh, anyway, we'll be talking about episode 601, the art of the deal. What happens, all the pressure when things start to escalate and what are some of the things that we do in our business to prepare for the pressure when we're putting a deal together, whether we're buying, selling, investing, whatever that looks like. Because we really like to go to war sometimes for our clients. And sometimes you have to go to war. You just, you just, you, you really do. So anyway, we're going to take a deal and tear it down for you and explain to you kind of how this deal came together and how you can use some of this information uh, to leverage as a lever in your real estate journey. So every Friday we do real estate only. Otherwise, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, yeah, it's the Ron and Don show. Like it's always been. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for giving us a five-star rating. That really helps us in the algorithm. And thanks for sharing this episode with your friends. And 
if you have a friend that's thinking about buying, selling, investing, why not take one of our episodes and send it to them? And then uh, they can plan to sit down with us too. All right. When you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. Until next time, head up, shoulders back. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show. Ole! The Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>